0: Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Geek Town Behind the Scenes podcast. I'm Dave Elliott, editor and founder of Geek Town and host of Geek Town Radio, but not your host for this interview. This week, the interview is with Twitch streamer activist and streamer square co founder, The Hunter Wild. As I'm not exactly all that familiar with the intricacies of Twitch, I thought it would be better if he spoke to somebody who was. So this week, I'm handing over the reins to Bex, also known as the brilliant Twitch streamer and YouTuber, Trista Bytes. Along with being a Twitch streamer, Hunter is the co founder of Streamer Square, which is a streamer education program that provides guides, hands on services and coaching, reviews, and captivating live shows to help creators bring their streams to the next level. In the interview, Bex chats with Hunter about how he got into streaming, how Streamer Square came about, and a whole bunch of other gaming related topics. If you'd like to hear more behind the scenes interviews, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast by searching for Geek Town Radio. This also gives you our weekly geek town radio podcast which brings you all the latest tv filming and gaming news you can also go to the website at geektown.co.uk for your daily news stories and all the latest us and uk tv premiere dates i'll now hand you over to bex and the hunter wild
1: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
2: Hey guys, Bex here, also known as Trusted And today I am talking to Hunter Wild, or rather the Hunter Wild streamer extraordinaire artist, Philosopher and one of the co-owners of Streamer Square as well. How are you doing today? Fairly
1: well. Thank you for uh, thank you for asking. Thank you for having me on.
2: No worries. It's lovely to get to talk to you. Uh, so I think to start with, just in case people haven't heard of you, we should set set the scene and tell us a little bit about yourself and how did you get into the streaming space? I
1: was introduced to streaming. Uh, I think, like many people, incidentally stumbled onto it through, uh, you know, other avenues. I, back in the olden days, in middle school, I used to play Magic the Gathering. And way down the line, uh, when I was a, a fine artist, I would take these three-week breaks uh, from from art making seven days a week and play some video games. And one of them that really piqued my interest was Hearthstone, which was in a beta I needed to know as much as I possibly could about everything Hearthstone so I could just get in there in these three week periods and just absolutely shred. So I looked around on YouTube, found a couple people. They kept mentioning this thing about Twitch. Uh, It's like, oh, yeah, and if you want to see this content live, come check me out on Twitch. And I was like, what? That is the weirdest name. I don't know if this is my kind of thing. Eventually found my way to one of their channels. And I was like, this is great live content. I get to chat with everybody. I get to see their reactions in the moment, as opposed to all these heavily edited things. And that's when I... (laughs) Decided very quickly that I wanted to be a Twitch streamer myself, specifically for Hearthstone on a competitive level. This is where I started moving into the the Twitch space and testing out my my setup and trying to flesh out some of the skills that I wanted to apply to streaming. So I would do a, a test run here and a test run there. Uh, educating a friend of mine, just having them hop into the stream and, and ask me about some deck tech or why I was making certain plays. And kind of getting my feet wet and then on one particular airplane flight i don't know why i had to specify that it was an airplane flight one hot air balloon flight one flight that i took out and back from i don't remember where flights are where i get most of my really deep innovative work done i don't know why it's something about being in that locked into the fuselage not being able to go anywhere stuck in that seat my brain is just on fire with ideas So I mapped out an entire business plan, everything that I wanted my stream to do and be for Hearthstone on the way out. And then on the way back, same, same trip, I completely reconfigured it to be variety, variety Mm -hmm. streaming. I decided that there were all of these other factors that I wanted to come into play And then I just set it into motion really quickly, uh, October 2014, went five months in with this really dedicated approach, had a specific day I wanted to get partnered and got partnered the night before. That then started the rest of these six and a half years.
2: That's amazing. I love the way that you were effectively, you wanted a break from working exceedingly hard. So (laughs) you found a way to work exceedingly hard um, in your downtime. And then while flying to places, presumably to work exceedingly hard, instead of relaxing on the planes, you found a way to make that an excuse to also work exceedingly hard by planning yep. other things you could do for work. So I I'm, think, ge- I'm I think getting the picture of here of someone who's definitely very chill, has a lot of downtime. <laughs> right. <laughs> Overworking
1: and productivity is my spirit animal. I'm fairly certain
2: yeah I, I I think so. I think that is probably a, a fairly a fairly true statement there. Um, but you'd so you'd been involved in the the art industry before that as a as a fine artist, um, and that was kind of interwoven, I'm assuming, with the fact that you decided at, at 19 years old to start your own game development studio as well. So you were always interested in the creative and and gaming spaces.
1: Yes, uh, I've been a gamer my whole life. Uh, starting the game development studio was a complete luke of who it was I was interacting with at the time, shared interests, and just a strong desire to not make a lot of money. Collectively, <laughs> we pushed into <laughs> uh creating games and this was in 2001 when indie development was not a thing and that proved to be incredibly incredibly challenging um and running with that same theme of of just really not enjoying financial security i wanted to get not enjoying
2: downtime financial security yeah time off or anything like that yeah
1: hate it So I I decided to get my degree in philosophy, um, which is is a very profitable uh, section, Uh, then promptly moving into into fine art, which was actually pretty. I I was making some decent money on on fine art production in the gallery circuit in Texas. That was really fun. It's really enjoyable and it still feeds into my into my life now. But yes, um, a creative, heavy, creative compulsion ever since I was a, a, a child. It kind of sits on the surface of my soul and is always wanting to get out into the world, whether it's through the creation of video games, fine art, um, the in the moment creativity that I think streaming presents, uh, as well as connection among people, my creations and myself. To other people, you know, through video games, through artwork, uh, through streaming and and YouTube content.
2: Yeah. And it definitely sounds like you tried your hardest to make as much work as humanly possible for yourself, whilst going for the things that at the time looked like they would make the least amount of money humanly possible.
1: (laughs) I love a challenge. There, I yeah, really
2: yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to to understand that you hunt a wild, partly in the sense that you went hunting in the wild of all of the career opportunities that would be the most difficult to carve uh, a niche for yourself, and very much uh, you know with with the technology type things like you're saying, like indie games were not as as well known and popular and and, and, as, and as mainstream as they are now, and and streaming as well, like you know I had never heard of of Twitch. And you were finding it and decided, you know, that's what you wanted to do. So be very much being an early adopter seems to be part of your your personality and your ethos as well. You know, that's that's an interesting perspective. I think that is
1: fairly true.
2: Not necessarily
1: seeing something on the rise and wanting to be a part of it, but seeing something that's. Not saturated and wanting to create a space for myself when I have as much room to grow in my own desired direction as possible instead of having to be to be pigeonholed is the is the ideal. That's what I that's what I think I strive for. Whether or not that happens is another story.
2: Yeah, I'm curious to know because obviously you sort of went, "Hey, I'm young, I'm going to go into fine art, massively competitive, highly difficult to get into, highly skilled and potentially, you know, it is difficult to 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 get into the mixture of the the right technical ability um, oh, yeah. circles, socializing, you know, all of those aspects go into into the fine art community." And um, you know, from from there saying, "Hey, I'm going to start making indie games," when that's not massively a thing and, "Oh, and now I'm going to go and ha- get myself a a philosophy degree because that's that's definitely an easily monetizable item. Were people <laughs> pushing back on you? Were people saying to you, What are you doing? Go and do this. This will be so much easier to to carve a career in? Or did you find that people around you were very supportive? Or did they just see that you were you were going in that direction and freight train style, you you were you were set on your destination? I always
1: I always think of my parents in this circumstance. They have always been very supportive but also providing sufficient and fair critique. My parents were the were the ones who were like do you just not like being able to pay rent that you're doing this and then this and then this but we encourage you to follow your dreams and follow your heart.
2: And you were like, well, you know, I might not be able to pay the rent, but I can paint an excellent picture of this empty apartment and I can go into all the philosophy and understand my psychology and feelings on it. Right. Um, so, you know, hopefully that will that will suffice. Um, but yeah, it, it sounds like they opted for the approach that that my, my, my mother opted for when I decided to get sort of 50% of me tattooed, which was like... I thoroughly support you. I'm sure it will be lovely. I'm not coming with you. And are you sure you don't want to get something much smaller? That was was kind of the thing. It was like... It was just like I'm I'm not going to say anything bad against this mm-hmm. but clearly I think this is a terrible idea but you are your own person and I will love you regardless which was effectively what what I got there and what I've got to be fair to do with a lot of things if my career as I also obviously have moved into the presenting and and streaming space yep. um and I do think that's a, a a lovely thing that you had you know the voice of the voice of reason yep. but also the voice of support and um it's lovely to see that, you know, your 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 gambits and your uh, directions have have paid off for you because, you know, your audience now, as per these notes, 54,000 people.
1: I think if the la- as the last time as of the last time I checked, it was 68,000, 69,000.
2: This email is only dated from like so many weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, you, it, it it is growing at that pace, which is absolutely phenomenal. It's
1: like- it's it's been a bit of a whirlwind. It goes in fits and starts, right? Fits and starts.
2: Yeah, you must be incredibly proud of of everything you have created uh, in in that space. I'm curious to know um, if you still have much involvement with the with the indie game development side of things as well, or was that something you kind of grew past when you started being on camera.
1: I I don't have uh, an engagement with it, nor do I think that I would return to it. I would love to, but it's not really part of the grander vision that I have for my life anymore. However, I put that experience and knowledge to work as a streamer. When I'm doing I, a big focus for my my Twitch content is launch events, so brand new games that are coming out. I do three 12 hour streams back to back, and then usually just barrel on through to complete the game. Not necessarily as quickly as I can. I want to enjoy the ride as well, but really getting deep into the content, and part of what matters to me as a, a content creator and influencer, that side of things, playing these video games, is to provide some kind of critique and analysis, help people understand what the nature of the content of the game is, whether or not it's something they might like to enjoy, what flaws are, what you know, the, the, the grandeur of the game might be. And, and that's something that uh, is very heavily influenced by my experience in, in crafting games myself, yeah, all a long time ago. You can appreciate it from
2: the other yeah. side. You can appreciate what the people that made that game was starting off from and how those ideas develop and the collaborative process behind making computer Absolutely. games. So that gives you an incredible perspective and, and understanding on on what you're looking at, which obviously brings a lot more a lot more knowledge with it. And yeah. I think as well, uh, it can bring a lot more empathy um, with because we've Absolutely. had obviously recently various games have released and uh, we have you know the thing nowadays and uh, where where we have things that need immediately patches and things like that because the the developers are. Pushed so much to get games out by very particular dates, which has always been part of the the games industry. Um, getting sure. games out for Christmas, you know, Christmas presents right. always used to be the one that was kind of the '80s, wasn't it? Um, the '80s and early '90s, get the games out for Christmas. You you can't get Sonic Three out in time. Okay, uh, 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 just make Sonic's Bimble. No one will notice the difference, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> a Sonic title went out for Christmas. That one was developed in six months, and. Um, I, I think as well, having that that experience of being on the other side can give a lot more empathy and understanding into, into what you're looking at um, with some of these like, these big launches.
1: And I think, you know, being a vintage, which I love this term, being a vintage millennial, uh, being born right at the cusp of millennialism, the millennial uh, age. I and being a gamer for my my entire life, I also have that that perspective of, uh, you know, what gaming was like in the late 80s and early 90s, Um, being 38 now, you know, approaching 40, blending that with the experience of developing games and now playing tons of contemporary titles for, you know, thousands of I've streamed for, I think, 12,000 hours now. Uh, There's there's a really fascinating kind of perspective that comes out of that that I. I really appreciate uh, that I that I happen to have developed that and and am able to share it.
2: Yeah, and I think for me, when I look at things, because I have a history in graphic design and user interface design and mm-hmm. and those kind of things, I I look at things from from that perspective. You've obviously also got that fine art viewpoint as well, yeah, which helps you look at the some of the creativity and the artistry because nowadays, you know, we, we've got more than eight pixels per uh, sprite. <laughs> <laughs> and instead of going, that's that's me. I'm the soldier on on the cover of this uh, this you know um, NES game. Um, and you're just like using a lot of imagination. Now there is an incredible amount of artistry in in crafting in crafting these worlds. And and um, I'm assuming you can look at those from an artist's perspective and go, look at that horizon, look at that look at that sort of landscape, um, and bring another sort of perspective there
1: yeah and 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 not just the visual element, too, but the intricacy of design for you know character and character development and progression throughout the game uh, the kind of narrative composition uh you know, really abstracting out from a lot of my involvement in the in the creative realm to other parts of the of that creative endeavor that has to go into creating, uh, attempting to create at least a very rich and vibrant world for a broad swath of players to be able to enjoy and appreciate and, and remember to have an impact their, their lives. There's a, there's a lot that goes into all of that. Yeah.
2: Yeah, the stories we have, they've always been something that have drawn me massively into yeah. games. I was a big JRPG player and and still am, and uh, recently just discovered Chrono Trigger, which was criminally not <gasps> released in my country at the time. Oh, so I'm no. having my first ever playthrough of Chrono Trigger. Nice. And um, the stories that are woven and and, and the artistry and, and the magic of of games and being able to share those with people... Um, is absolutely a, a pleasure and uh, and a privilege to to be able to do um, I
1: completely agree uh,
2: my audience mostly laugh at at me to be to be fair they named my Chrono trigger <laughs> characters for me Yeah. Um, <sighs> Chrono's oh, no. call, called idiot, um, so you can imagine what all the text-based dialogue looks like in my game. Uh, idiot, where are you going, idiot?
1: Oh, that's beautiful.
2: Woe is idiot. Um, I knew him well. Um, so, so we we have fun with that and that collaborative nature of mm. Twitch specifically. Um, and as you said, you you know you're watching things on YouTube, and then it was switch that made you say, I've got to do this. And it was partly, as you said, the the immediate reactions, being able to talk back to people. And um, another thing for me, and I'm assuming the same with you, is that you're not playing a game on your own anymore. Uh, especially in my case, I, I let viewers make decisions and things. And that back and forth and collaborative element just takes me back to playing games on a sofa with your friends when we were kids. You
1: know, I hear that a lot. I never really did that as a kid. I know. So I think what part of what compels me is the connecting the disconnected. This is some is a phrase that I always come back to as a a broader kind of vision for my life, giving people an opportunity to have their voice heard in the moment by somebody that that is a a, a a richer part of their life you know constantly being invited into their into their lives and their homes Through Twitch, as well as that that audience. But in terms of the the game sharing, I love the performance quality. So I do a lot of single player stuff that feels like I'm performing for friends rather than playing with them. I find it to be incredibly dangerous to let my community have (laughs) any engagement with my games. Oh, it is. It is
2: is. is so dangerous. Oh God, yeah. It It absolutely is. I mean, I mostly play single player games, but when i was growing up um I, I was born in the early 80s and we um we had kind of one console in each flat in the estate i grew up in ah. so you used to go and round to the neighbor's kids houses and that's how you got to play other consoles and other games and we used to sit yeah watching each other play on the so because everyone says so I, it's the weirdest argument i've ever heard twitch why would you watch anyone else play games and i was like <laughs> We, we spent the whole of our youth doing exactly, exactly that. That That's yep. entirely how I, you know, I experienced a lot of games was taking turns on single player games or watching other people and backseat driving other people's single player <laughs> gaming experiences. Not everybody had two joysticks or two controllers, you know, right. like a lot of it was backseat gaming and, and getting very involved in other people's playthroughs. and right. I, I always think Twitch is basically like the largest sofa in the world. It
1: is yes, a very large circular sofa.
2: And, and everybody is kind of there together. And uh, I guess that makes us the um the the loud friend of the group. Um Loudest. currently playing. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. <laughs>
2: So that kind of interaction, that kind of, you know, even in single player games, you are still involving the audience to a a great degree just by them watching and reacting to you. And that's one of the things that makes Twitch very much a community, which is definitely something that I absolutely loved about Twitch uh, because I'm also on YouTube. I was on YouTube first, but I found with Twitch, the feeling of community and the feeling of immediacy and connection was just massively increased from there and you've gone sort of one stage further from just you know making a community around your twitch channel to actually setting up resources and a space for them in the form of uh, being one of the um, co-owners of streamer square can you tell us a little bit about how that all came about
1: yeah Uh, so streamer square itself was started by my business partner loco in, in 2014, when she and I were both starting out on Twitch and the, <laughs> the resources at the time were either wildly outdated or just grossly misinformed or, or just spread out all over the place with tiny little snippets from this person and that person. And you didn't know how correct Any of that information might be so you'd go in and test it out, and it turned out to be completely wrong. There were seventeen updates to OBS between when this person posted a thing and and today. Uh, So just a
2: week, then you know. Yeah, it
1: it takes no time at all in this fast paced paced uh, industry. That's absolutely true. So she decided to kind of collate and create uh, and, and curate some of that information. Because she wasn't satisfied with what was out there for herself. Uh, She started this as a website, which was streamersquare.com and started posting articles and then moved into creating a Twitch channel for it and hosting um, shows, educational shows. To help content creators of all stripes understand that they weren't alone in their problems, learn how to resolve some issues or gain a sense of perspective from another, you know, veteran, industry veteran or expert in the field. Um, and really push the limits, uh, their assumed limits, really our assumed limits about what is possible for us, what we can do with our our brands, our business, our content, um, all of that. I ended up being, a, I think, a guest on one of the shows first, and then I was invited to be a co-host, and we would end the shows and Loco and I would just be talking about all of these things we could do that was like just there were these really fascinating elements of, of continuing to to push the educational side of, of content creation. And that then evolved into both of us being at the top of, the, of the, the company, trying to go further and bigger with what we could do to help other people reach the levels that we had and also help us. Further our own uh, careers and and connection, which is the you know the biggest part of of being a content creator for a lot of people is creating those connections. So then we just it kind of blossomed from there. We ended up having like six different shows with different hosts and uh, you know somebody running production, uh, all off-site stuff, somebody running production and then uh, bringing these things together, uh, introducing them via podcast, putting them up on YouTube. Um and now we're working on a a top secret uh, project that will be Tell us. showing up Tell us. this year no i cannot i cannot do the reveal ah i tried Very soon. i tried <laughs> i tried
2: Very to get soon. the exclusive damn it i know <laughs> but it, it sounds like it's something that's i mean it's lovely to see Community like that, and and resources like that that were you know made by streamers for streamers, exactly. and the focus you guys have on inclusivity and um, oh, yeah, in, you know sort of just forging the communities and making the communities around these these kind of views and uh, accessibility and, and transparency and. I, I think that that uh, in in a culture where we do have a lot of things that seem to be focused very aggressively on stream coaching and grow at any for you know yeah. at for any cost possible. Here is how to to grow as quick as possible and very much pushing just chasing numbers. And you guys are coming much more from from what I've seen of what you guys do from a educational and knowledge sharing point of view and um, giving people information so that they can apply it in the way that that best suits them, which I think is um, a a really lovely way to to do that. Um, So if people are wanting to get involved with Streamer Square, how how would they do so? Where can they find you?
1: While we're working on this, Top secret project. <laughs> While we're working on this top secret project, uh, we're continuing to produce content for the the website uh, articles mm-hmm. and continuing to expand our, our writing team. Uh, that is streamersquare.com. Uh, in this interim, we have scaled back our on-stream presence. So there aren't any shows going up right now because we are putting so much concerted effort into this top secret project. Uh, but StreamerSquare.com is is absolutely the place. You can also find it on YouTube and a variety of uh, podcast platforms as just Streamer Square. Relatively easy to find with just that one name, as opposed to the Hunter Wild that sometimes has TV at the end, depending on whether or not I could get my name on the platform. Streamer Square has it all the way across everywhere
2: brand inconsistency we like it yep. we like it I just went for a name so silly that no one else would want it so that meant it's that a I smart could get move. the yeah, yeah except for my name being Trista Bytes means I have to explain how to spell it on every podcast I'm ever on and yep. that, that's a somebody with a 15 year history in, in graphic design and branding so um, go me <laughs> um, if only I'd uh, gone to a place like Streamer Square to start with where they would have said hey don't make your name a pun which means that no one knows how to spell it if they hear it <laughs> We <laughs>
1: do actually have naming and branding advice, yes.
2: Yeah, that, that's that's what I would suggest to everyone. Go go and check them out for naming and branding advice, so you don't end up spending every podcast you ever want and going. Oh, that's B Y T E S because I thought I was funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a it's an ongoing battle um, and an embarrassing one at that. Uh, so this is you know that's just one example of like ways that communities can can help each other because uh, I didn't really have anyone to yeah. bounce off of. I. I entered all of these things completely on my own. And to be fair, never intended them to be any sort of career and and treated the whole thing like a a learning experience. Um, So I wasn't entirely thinking in terms of, hey, what would make a good logo uh, rather than just make me personally amused. Um, And I think that's
1: a lot of us. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think you see a lot of people's usernames and go, what did, oh, that's your handle from when you were 16. This makes a (laughs) lot of sense. That's a humorous number. And, that's how you write a rude, rude word on a calculator in numbers. I get it now. <laughs> <And laughs> um, yeah. there, there is a lot of that. So I guess I, I just about, you know, if I'd use if I had actually, if Twitch had existed when I was 16, it would have been some ridiculous goth heavy metal, now completely defunct reference of some sort. So at least now it just doesn't mean anything. Um, but I'm sure mine not, would have not aged well. Yeah. 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 I'm glad that all my sites on, you know, the old Angel Fire and MySpace are long since relegated to the depths of history. There there are no more, (laughs) you know, animated GIFs of uh, flames and pentagrams. (laughs) <laughs> With, you know, dear diary, today's school was rubbish, you know, this kind of thing. Um, uh. Yes, thank goodness that none of those exist anymore. Um, but I, I entered all of this stuff completely on, on my own. And uh, I didn't know anyone else that was doing it either at the time. And there wasn't really, especially when, you know, when I started, because it's sort of six, seven years ago, I started on YouTube. I, I didn't really know where to find resources or help or, or a community right. and things like that. They, they didn't feel like there was. Especially sort of within the YouTube space, for me, I just didn't, I couldn't find it. Um, Twitch, I kind of found after, so I've started to find communities and things. But I can see absolutely the value in being able to to get all of this advice and things from from the get go. Uh, do you have any top tips for people that are that are fresh in in the journey and sort of want to follow in in your footsteps and, and build a, an empire? Yes,
1: yes, yes. I think that they're largely conceptual in because there is definitely one of the things that most of us have learned over time is that there is absolutely not a one size fits all. There is not a singular piece of advice that works universally for everybody when it's very specific advice. And that has led me to something that I keep coming back to and reminding myself, writing down for myself again and again Which is a a matter of having a vision and listening to your inner voice. This is unfortunately ambiguous enough advice that, you know, you can reshape it in any way that you that you see fit and maybe don't necessarily understand what it means. I know if I had heard this at a certain point, I would have been like, tell me more. I don't. How do I do this? It's trial and error. It's effort. And it's a lot of ensuring that you don't lose yourself to the game, that you don't sacrifice what you love about content creation, about streaming, about gaming with friends, um, about conversation and dialogue among a community, They don't sacrifice that for the sake of attempting to further your career. That ideally, whatever it is that drives you underneath that passion that fuels the engines of your content creation and your desire to connect is the thing that should always find a way to resurface and be spoken loudly into the world creatively with grand effort. Uh, and and always as a a check-in. And I think that can be reformulated repeatedly over time. My personal vision statements over the last six years have had like, I don't even know, 150 different iterations. I keep coming back to it and going like, "Mm, you know, the more I've experienced with this one aspect of content creation or in community building, the more I'm really feeling like that makes my life feel so good and rich. Let me do more of that. Let me emphasize that a little bit more. That should be allowed to be in flux in the same way that what game you're playing or what approach you take to uh, to your conversations will shift depending on the audience, depending on how you feel in that day on that day. Your life also takes these these kind of reshaping moments. And ensuring that you are cultivating the right space for that to grow and be understanding and forgiving and patient with yourself and your content, I think is incredibly valuable that there's, there's nothing that I would advise more than listening to that inner voice and crafting and recrafting a a, a vision that point on the horizon that you want to get to doing that guides the self in the most beautiful and profound way that other types types of advice can't really do.
2: Yeah, I think I would second that and also definitely the community you build around yourself will uh, have a massive effect on 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 what you do and how you feel about what you do. And Absolutely. Building that community that starts with your core ethos and uh shares commonality in 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 sort of belief structures and and in how inclusive they are and things uh I think makes all of the difference um, in in the way things will grow, because those people that you're surrounding yourself with will will obviously have an effect on you as, as you will have an effect yeah. on them. And I think that making sure that from the start, you build a community of people that you think, hey, I'm happy every time one of these people shows up to my stream. Yeah. You know, that that we are, that we're all, because like we, we're entertaining the audience but the audience is, is part of that, and the audience affects other people in the audience as well. Um, oh, yeah. Um, keeping out, I think the words we currently use nowadays are things like toxicity, aren't they? Those yep, are the, yep. the words, um, is, is very, very important to, to making sure you have a, a safe and inclusive space. And that's one of the things that Streamer Square. Uh, educates people on and, and and talks about as well. And, Absolutely, uh, you, you've had, of course, a lot of talk shows that that go quite deep into discussing some of these issues. How how have kind of your 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 viewers and listeners sort of reacted to those? Have you had lots of good feedback?
1: Yes. Uh, the immediate thing, however, that comes to mind is <laughs> <laughs> right. I was talking about vision there. Uh, it, there was a, like a little mini game in in our chats that would be about how many people would be taking bets on how many times I would say vision during a show <laughs> it was constant um but the i I have found that to be one of the most resonating qualities um, for people who like myself at different times, didn't really know what to do or how to do it. Feeling lost, I think is, I don't know a single content creator, not a, not a, not a single peer of mine who hasn't felt lost at some time or another. And it's very easy to get caught up in that. So the positive feedback that I've gotten from hearing about that inner voice and, and the and the vision qualities um, has been people uh, largely feeling you know filled with determination and confidence um and and I think that there's a, a a lot of of empathy that comes down the pipe with that too of people going like this is the thing that helps me feel not alone. You struggled with this too. You continue to struggle with this. You know, you're going to struggle with this again. Please help me figure out how to endure that. And that's what I've heard very often in the feedback about that, uh, about those, those concepts. And that makes me feel so incredible knowing that I'm helping people feel not alone in that, in that lostness. Like we're kind of lost together and still collectively on that journey to hear ourselves and put our own creativity out into the world.
2: Yeah, and I think streaming as well, it takes down some of those barriers as w- as well because you you can watch a show on television, you can you can watch something on on a streaming service, but on Twitch, if you mess up, you mess up. You yeah. you have to be a lot more human. I've actually found it's helped my confidence a lot to be streaming because if I mess up a line, if I mess up a joke, it's tough. You, you've just you've just got a you've just got to roll with it, and you can you can definitely uh, learn to to laugh laugh with your audience at you. Yes, um, uh, is a is 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 definitely one for me, and I've I found that that's um, allowed allowed a lot sort of closer relationship with with the viewers, and I found that to be something that's especially over the last year or so has been. In, incredibly helpful for me in, in not feeling alone. And I'm, I'm not always sure that people just watching streams realise how much the streams help the streamers as well. And uh, it's sort of very much more of a, a two directional uh, process there. Um, and yeah, just the community in general uh, is uh, something that can be incredibly enriching and, and helpful.
1: I like the idea of it being an ecosystem, right? It's so many parts all working together. It's not, at least in in my own conceptualization of it, it's not streamer up on pedestal and everything else is, you know, some lower uh, feature of a business or brand like that is the dominant factor but everything kind of collectively working together. I, I love this idea that you that you brought up there, that that kind of patience and forgiveness with yourself. And when you flub the lines or you try and in the moment construct a joke that you never really quite get to that punchline. You're just fumbling your way through it you almost turn that into a very like humanizing content. Um, and it's, it, it becomes a, a shared experience, right? Everybody else gets to say, and this is something that I loved about is starting to watch streams. Everybody else gets to see that this is just, a human person. Like I am a human person, flawed and weird and curious and interesting in all of their own unique ways. As a streamer, I think that also helps a lot when (laughs) when you get that kind of feedback loop with your audience while you're fumbling through things. They're also somehow enjoying that. Um, And everything becomes this kind of this collective and shared experience and I don't think you can really get in other ways. I don't think you can get that. I I can't get that uh, in other types of of like friend engagements and and you know peer to peer relationships. It's very unique to streaming.
2: Yeah, I think the platform in itself has. Has made uh, has made a, a sort of massive sort of taking down of the wall between the creators and and the audience in general. And um, I I got to the point now where I've realised that I uh, my audience in particular I, I think they'd be quite disappointed if I succeeded at a game. I think that it is <laughs> it's um it's 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 sort of gone the other way. Whereas to start with I was worried because uh, I have a coordination disability called dyspraxia. And um, this means that I get lost a lot if I'm relying on poorly put together maps in games and and things like that. And um, it's actually far more entertaining for my audience to to laugh as me as I go, wait, this is the same corridor. I've just (laughs) walked in a circle. You know, there's nothing like sneaking around hallways in alien isolation for an hour to realise you've managed to... (laughs) To go back in a circle and you're back at the exact place with the same the same droid you you snuck past to begin this with and absolutely you were like
1: true.
2: I'm just gonna get a wrench now <laughs> and I'm yeah. just gonna leg it. And um I think I think that's been a a lovely sort of humanizing thing of 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 being able to be like, oh, it doesn't matter if I'm not the best at this because I think people have the notion sometimes that Twitch is just about gaming and it's just about you know esports and about people being incredible at this in a competitive way, and um, then then you actually see that yeah, it's awesome to see people being incredible on you know the height of their their careers and and their skill, but. It's also good to see artists and singers and uh, creators, cosplayers showing how to make costumes, and people mm-hmm. just chatting about things, doing talk shows, stand-up comedy, and oh, yeah. people repetitively falling off the same bit in Golden Axe as I do. And uh, <laughs> just depth perceptions, just a thing, right? I'll get it one day. Um, and. <laughs> I, I love that kind of the, the breadth and, and range of it and how, you know, a lot of the advice, a lot of the help people can get from, you know, joining joining communities and, and talking to people like, like you guys over at, at Streamer Square is that you can get that advice, you can get that interactions from veterans who've got a huge amount of experience um, from different things both in and outside of Twitch and um, the fact you guys have been around so long. I mean, you guys must be... One of the 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 OG kind of communities yep. and resources designed specifically to to help live streamers.
1: Yeah, yeah, we are. I mean, at, at six and a half years running, uh, it's it is very hard to find something that is. That has, I mean, it's not that it, it's not that we placed information out there six and a half years ago, we're even stronger than we were last year and the year before that it's continuing to grow, which excites me on an extraordinary level because of what that has continued to allow us to do for other content creators. And that continues to excite me because each one of them is almost their own, you know, little node in this continually expanding network where they're impacting audiences exactly and that those concentric circles of kind of uh, expanding impact and value creation is what helps inspire us so very much to keep doing all of this you know very very serious and committed committed work it's lovely
2: yeah, and I think as well, like as well as the fun and entertaining aspects and the community aspects and and things of Twitch, uh, one of the things that I do quite a lot is is fundraising and and charity yeah. work and that side of the community. And um, I'm an advisor to a couple of charities as of this year, which is amazing. Nice. And getting getting to do that work and be part of that community has also been incredible for me, and also feeling value in what yeah. I'm doing and how fulfilling. Uh, yeah, it makes a it makes a massive difference. Uh, I streamed Christmas Day. I cooked Christmas dinner incredibly badly for my audience. Um, after carrying all my computer equipment to the kitchen, I didn't electrocute myself or burn the kitchen down. I'm nice. I, I, they were taking bets on it though, and we we raised a ton of money for a, a charity that, that that in the UK we have called Samaritans, who who take phone calls twenty four seven from people who are who are suffering uh, in in crisis kind of thing. Uh, they're they're a helpline, yeah. and um, that's obviously very very strong thing around the Christmas and sort of winter periods. Yeah, and I found the 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 welcomeness and the just compassion and the enthusiasm for charity work in the Twitch community is far greater than I'd originally realized. And of course that's something that you're also focused on as well.
1: It is huge and it has continued to expand, which I love to see on you know one of these things that, that we've kind of kept coming back to in this conversation is the the idea that the platform is just about gaming and watching people play games. But that other deeper side to it is that sense of camaraderie and, you know, the ability to commit to a common cause as a community. There's so much alliteration there. The ability to commit to a common cause as a community is a very profound and and invigorating and rich thing to feel like you are not just a part of something greater than yourself. Uh, I think that perspective comes and goes depending on the day and how you feel. But to really legitimately see the impact of your actions that that participate in this, this common cause like with um, places like St. Jude, which is something that I've done quite a bit of fundraising for myself. St. Jude has a fantastic um, wing, that a figurative wing, that is entirely focused on uh, content creators doing uh, a lot of fundraising with their communities. And they are so communicative. They It will tell you exactly where all of this influx of, of money from, you know, that six or $7 million raised last year just through twitch alone where that's going who that's helping um and and the the connection that that some of these these charities like St Jude have with streamers you know flying them out to the um campus and being able to i, I remember a few times I've gotten to play video games with children at St. Jude that they were helping battle cancer. Um, and the, the tangible impact of seeing a, a real human, a real person with all of their, you know, life in front of them and and behind them, um, that with, with their families out there that are all being taken care of by what we do feels so grand and beautiful. And the space as a whole on Twitch is very richly positioned. I have used that word so many times they rich, we're <laughs> richly positioned to in our
2: vision. Yes, that's the one
1: <laughs> in our vision and inner voice uh to kind of create those those connections and that idea of connecting the disconnected, allowing us to feel impactful in the world when it's very easy for us to feel small and alone. Um, Twitch does this, Twitch allows this to happen. Uh, the the that connection on so many different levels, and charity is one of the big ones uh, that I, I absolutely love.
2: Yeah, and it's one that that merges well with with the Twitch streaming, with the community, with the interactivity, and that yeah, right, I- immediate connection that you have with people that you're that you're watching on on stream, and it's always amazing to meet somebody who has been so dedicated to, to to fundraising and being part of that and integrating that for so long in, in what they do. And now you're looking to go one step further with that, not just satisfied with helping all of these other incredible charities, uh, but I believe you have plans on on setting up your your own one as well now.
1: Yes. I don't know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I have... I have...
1: In the background, projects that I am continuing to refine and re-envision, and I have a th- an intense interest in one in particular that is, I don't kn- I don't know if I, I don't know if I want to speak it speak it into the world.
2: OK. so you can't tell us a huge amount about this right now, but if people want to know about what's going to happen in future, where can they find you? Where do they need to be watching?
1: There will be some very fascinating announcements uh, showing up on, of course, on stream at twitch.tv slash the Hunter Wild, but also on my current temporary website as we're as we're building out a, a, a fuller, a fuller. A fleshed out one, uh, which is the Hunter Wilde dot TV. I'm so I'm so excited for being able to to bring this <laughs> this mystery into the fore, into the world, and commit what it is that I've been doing, you know, for twelve thousand hours of on stream work um, to help craft something better in the world for all of us collectively. I think.
2: That's amazing. Well, I I tried to get those exclusives, guys, and no one can say I didn't try there. It has been absolutely delightful talking to you. You have had an incredible career and the help you have shown to others and the community that you've been building is absolutely incredible. So thank you again for talking to us. And I shall be watching eagerly for when those announcements drop.
1: This has been such a joy and a delight. Thank you so very much for this opportunity in this conversation. I have no loved worries. it.
2: Thank you very much. You take care and uh, we'll look out for those announcements. All right. Be good to yourself. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.